Hitting revenue targets is hard and requires constant hustle. Last quarter's success is already forgotten. Learn the mindset and tactics of today's most successful revenue producers in B2B marketing and sales. We call this the revenue hustle. I'm your host, Tom Hessen, navigating you on this journey. Today's show is sponsored by Nine Lenses, an interactive assessment platform that enables you to add instant value to your buyers and allows your sales team to tailor business conversations focused on the pain points each and every time. Check them out at NineLenses.com. Good afternoon. My name is Tom Heston, the host of The Revenue Hustle, and I am very pleased to share with you our next guest, Ruff Gould, who is a longtime marketing executive specifically in the areas of demand gen and product marketing. Ross, I want to give you a, a, a formal introduction in a minute, but I wanted to say welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Tom. I'm excited to be here. Well, I know many of you may not know Russ. I've had the fortunate um, opportunity to get to know him over the past few weeks, and I just want to share a, a conversation with him. You know, he's been an executive at NextGen Healthcare, Kofax, and Kyriba, to just mention a few places he's been in his career. He's got a tremendous amount of experience and knowledge in the realm of B2B marketing, and so I just um, jumped at the opportunity to have Russ on the show. So, Russ, welcome. Why don't you give, uh, you know, take a minute to just introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks. Um, you know, good good start and intro by you. I've spent a lot of time in my career really in product marketing as well as demand generation. I think the two are very much attached at the hip. I think they're very important um, skill sets that a demand gen person and a product marketer brings to the table that I think is particularly important in these days when uh, account-based marketing is something that's uh, becoming much more important for many marketing organizations today. Yes, absolutely. So I'm just going to let you jump right in. Everyone kind of knows we do revenue rules here on the Revenue Hustle. So, Russ, what is your revenue rule? So my revenue rule, Tom, is account-based marketing is not just for marketing. Uh, ABM is really a go-to-market strategy and a team sport that really requires the revenue teams, sales, marketing, and solutions, all to be highly collaborative. Um, and working together very tightly um, for those achieving those higher returns on investment. Okay, well, ABM is, is a hot topic. I'm so glad that uh, you wanted to bring in, bring this up and talk about it today. I mean, let's just define in your mind what ABM is, and then we'll get into the team sport and go to market. But just in your view, what is ABM? Maybe what is it not? So ABM takes a lot of what we've learned to date and, you know, pulls it all together in terms of what we've got in terms of technology and information and data and um, pulls that together in a very highly targeted uh, fashion um, where you're, instead of just targeting individuals, we're actually targeting accounts um, as well as the individuals at those accounts, as well as identifying those buyer groups um, as well. So it's it's a a, a different approach um, that builds on really what's come before it. I mean, it's very similar. You know, Christine spoke about um, sales marketing alignment and Jeff you know, flipping the funnel. Um, you know, today's topic ABM fits really with both of those. Um, you know, a successful ABM program requires, as I mentioned, that tight sales and marketing collaboration, right? 
and you know doing and executing campaigns jointly. And an, an ABM approach requires really the revenue teams to flip the funnel, um, a different F, um, shall we say? But the, the, the revenue rule here is that's not, marketing, too. not just for marketing. Yes. Okay. And so we take a different approach, and that's why I think you're saying it's not just for marketing. It's just not marketing out there, running campaigns online, doing digital marketing. Um, you really need sales and others. So when you say like a go-to-market, is that what you mean by that? That it's it's a it's a joint effort. That's correct. Um, as the company you know goes to the market, and in this case. You know, we're, we're talking about the product teams as well, but principally sales and marketing. Um, it's a different way in which we do it. So, you know, the traditional way is marketing executes all its campaigns and its strategy and campaigns um, and, and tactics and work with individuals, you know, have that conversation that marketing has with individuals through their buyer journey. And at some point they are qualified and then go to sales. What's different here in terms of um, ABM is that we really are flipping that funnel and building out first those targets in a much more in-depth way. So we, and, and we start with many organizations, we'll start with an ideal customer profile, ICP. Now, an ICP isn't new. Um, of course, when we did ICPs 15 years ago, we probably were limited to firmographic information as well, as well as maybe some technographic information about that particular account. Uh, firmographic for the account meaning, you know, how large is it in terms of revenues, maybe the number of employees, what industry segment is it in, right. you know, those kinds of things. Um, and marketing would do their top of funnel activities and everything would drip and, and waterfall through the funnel. Today with ABM, we're flipping that funnel and putting things like, you know, targeting demand in terms of determining the right accounts first um, through firmographic information, but then going beyond that. And, you know, one of the relatively new um, capabilities is having intent information, right? Whether it's for accounts or contacts and seeing that they're in the market. So we have software or technology that enables us to listen um, to the market and see if there's a certain intent around topics that are important to us. In addition to that, we can also start to do some demographic scoring around individuals or buying groups, as well as starting to prioritize um, these organizations and individuals, you know, also around their behavior score, you know, which groups are going to be ready um, to maybe move to another stage. So there's a lot more of this targeting work that gets done up right. front, um, more so than ever before. It's not that targeting is new. I mean, heck, everybody should have been doing targeting 15 years ago. Um, but for ABM definitely to work, and we'll talk a little bit more about this as we get to it, um, you got to be much more highly targeted because there is a much higher level of effort. So no more spray and pray, uh, no more random acts of marketing, that's for sure. I like that. And so is that a joint exercise? Is the targeting something that both sales and marketing kind of do together. I mean, it kind of goes to your point that ABM is a, a team sport. So, does it start with sales and marketing coming up with the ideal customer profile and then the accounts? Uh, it does. It very much starts with sales and marketing working together. Um, 
in a lot of organizations, you know, that ideal customer profile, you know, individuals will say, hey, start with sales and have conversation with others in the organization to build that ICP. Um, that's fine. Definitely talk to others. But in terms of building it out, it, it needs to be data-based, right? So um, it can't be just people's opinions. Um, I walked into a company you know, probably a decade ago and 25,000 customers and everybody said the company just did a rocked in financial services, right? And so went through a statistical um, ICP analysis, um, you know, based on lifetime value and a, and a few other things. And when you looked at some of the characteristics, the company was good in the financial services market with those organizations that were between one and three billion. Anything above, anything below, they were awful. Um, but, you know, everybody knew, right? So that's what I mean by it has to be database. Um, otherwise, you're, you're not going to end up with the right information as much. And there's a lot of data and information today that enables you to do that. Right. And so as you think, now we get the targeting, right? So it starts with flipping the funnel, identifying your ideal customer profile, the companies that you think are the best fit, right? Now, do you yep. go to individuals at that company? So what happens next? Sure. So uh, uh, I'll say it the way you said it, just a little bit of a, a different way, right? The bottom line here is what we're trying to do, right, is find and prioritize um, our vested accounts, right, that ICP that are in the market now. And in the market now means, you know, in, they, they're showing intent. Um, because I, if, if you think about it, if 30%, only 30% of your target market might be in market, right? And I'm going to execute something like ABM that requires a lot more resources um, and a lot more work. I want to make this as much of a rifle shot as I can, right? right. As, as opposed to, you know, broad brush. So, um, but yes, definitely what you're doing is we're looking at the accounts, we're looking at the individuals, we're looking at those groups of individuals um, that make up the buyer groups and, and targeting those individuals. Um, with some highly personalized um, engagement. And, and so as we talk about ABM, and we're going to talk about sales as part of this conversation. So this is really trying to target the folks in market, right? So what, that's with kind of like the intent data you're talking about. It's close, because you don't know which 30% is in market, right, without, without something mm -hmm. like that, which is, this is a very different tactic than, let's call it brand marketing, which is just out there trying to kind of define mm -hmm. a space, own a space, and, and kind of get your name out there, which would be, you know, someone buys today, tomorrow, six months, a year from now, that you want them to think of you first, right? Which is, it's, this is a very different, like you said, a rifle shot versus a broad brush. That is, it's called maybe like brand, brand marketing or, or more demand generation activities. Is that, just, I don't want to paint a picture oh. there, kind of how you see the difference of those two. Sure. Um. And you're spot on. Um, there is a difference. It, at one level, it's kind of um, subtle, shall we say, um, because, you know, marketing to accounts versus account-based marketing kind of sounds the same. So what's different, right? And when I'm marketing to accounts, I'm targeting those accounts. I'm identifying them and targeting them. So what's different, right? Um, the difference is that, as you mentioned, we're going beyond just the fit in terms of the target accounts. And we're looking for um, very spe account specific 
um, insights on the personas of the individuals, the buyer group, right, or even, you know, verified buyer group or the extended contact network within the organization, right? Um, and in addition to that, what's also different is this concept or idea that, to your point, sales and marketing are working more tightly together. Whereas before it was marketing handled one portion of the buyer journey, qualified it right. handed off to sales for this next part of the buyer journey, that's different now. You're, you're, you're doing it all kind of together as one, you know, one buyer journey, not, not separate. And that's where this tight collaboration comes in right. between the two groups. Right. Okay. So we're going down this ABM journey here. We've got our, we've got our accounts, we've got our people. So what are some of the things that happen next? Like in terms of the, the targeting, the messaging, how do you, how do you really market to an account? Okay. So before I answer that question, I'm going to, I'm going to back this up because I please, need that. Please, out, right? I jump the gun. Um, yes. No, no, not, 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 not too much. Right. But, and, and what I'm going to talk about here is, um, Kind of a you know how how organizations you know segment these targets we're talking about in an ABM program because not all members of an ABM program are created equal okay and one way for you know the listeners to think about this and they're going to have to visualize right think of a pyramid okay with three tiers in that pyramid the top tier which would be the smallest tier is where we we identify those organizations or accounts where we're going to do one-to-one -one marketing. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But the way to think of that in terms of that one-to-one, -one, this means that we have a bespoke campaign, right? So think of a tailored outfit um, that is designed for you, the individual, right? Same thing here um, with these bespoke one-to-one -one campaigns uh, to particular accounts. The next tier down, a little bit bigger, uh, is what is referred to as kind of one-to-few. Um, in the one-to-one, -one, you're going to have, depending on the size of the organization, you're going to have um, a handful of accounts. The next second tier down, one to few, you might have a dozen or dozens, depending on the size of your organization. And then the third one at the bottom is one-to-many. And one-to-many, there might be a hundred or hundreds of accounts, depending on the organization. Right. right. Now. In terms of those tiers, that's very important to kind of answering your your last question in terms of, well, what do we do, right? Um, now I see why you back it depends. <laughs> it, 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 it depends on, you know, where we are in terms of who are we talking about? Are we talking right. about bespoke, one-to-one, -one, right? Or the one-to-few and the one-to-many. And the one-to-many that starts to look much more, you know, regular marketing. However, the other thing you can think about in terms of this pyramid in these tiers is the level of personalization. So at the top level, that one-to-one, -one, super, and that's why I use the word bespoke, super high level of personalization. As I go to one-to-few, yeah, I'm still doing some personalization. I might be doing it at a segment level and persona levels, um, or at one-to-many, I'm, I'm doing a little bit less personalization, right? It's less personalized. But this concept of personalization is really fundamental to the engagement and really fundamental, in, in my opinion, why ABM is showing such great results and why people are excited about it. Mm -hmm. Because we as marketers all know that, and sales folks, right, all know that the, the more personalized the information is to that particular individual, right, 
um, hacker or that buying group or even that account for, for that matter, um, the better results we're going to get. Because we're, we're trying to have a conversation with someone on a mass scale, right? And the more personalized it is, it's almost like it's more closely to the conversation you and I are having, right? The closer we can mimic that on a mass scale, the better off we're going to be. Right. Um, in so many ways. And that, and that's why ABM is, is, you know, getting some of the hype that it, not hype, but is, is so hot today. I gotcha. Okay. So now I'm guessing all the actual tactics you take will vary based on these three categories. Right. And so I think, um, well, take me through that. Cause I think it, you know, we talk about super personalized, you know, I have a bunch of ideas that I'm just, Yep. Implementing in nine lenses as we speak, right? I mean, like this is sure. this is great. It's, I I you know I'm not a um, marketer by trade. I'm learning marketing very quickly. I'm, I, I come more from the sales side of the house, and so you're painting a very clear picture in my mind as to what ABM is and what it isn't. And I know we're only probably I know we're halfway through the ABM journey yet. Um, but take me to the next step. Sure. So you want to talk tactics a little bit, right? Um, and the goal is still the same, but from a sales and marketing perspective, right? We're trying to seamlessly orchestrate uh, multi-touch, multi-channel sales and marketing plays, right? Or campaigns. Um, and so, well, gee, what tactics do I use? Um, well, the full complement of tactics is still available um, to sales and marketing. The thing that orga I, you know, organizations need to focus on are the ones they know that are working. Right. So this isn't about going doing that. You don't have to do something different. It's because it's ABM uh, from a tactics perspective. It's, you know, still the same fundamentals. Pick those tactics channels um, that are working and continue to use those. Um, don't limit the tactics. Um, you know, some may say, hey, I'm going to do, you know, high value, high touch items and mailers. Um, right. Because it's ABM, you might be using that um, depending on the group that you're going to, right? whether it's a certain type of C-level or, or a particular buyer group or individual, you might want to do those things. Um, but again, it, it's really sticking with the fundamentals in terms of really understanding uh, what's work, working for you and your organization and continue to use those things. I mean, as part of that, too, um, you know, you, you've got to be thinking through that buyer journey right? All the way through, right? You still have to make them aware, but you don't have to do it from a broad-based media brand thing. You can do digital in a very targeted way. Right. I can, you know, we can do digital today where I can, unbeknownst to me, somebody is out, you know, visiting a lot of different sites. And so intent can be figured out um, in terms of their intent. I don't yet know who they are at that account, but I know that account is one of my targets. And I can serve up a, you know, Google display ad to that, you know, without me, you know, lifting a finger, right? So, again, being able to, you know, personalize here um, is key in terms of these tactics. So, it's the insights that really add a whole level of effort, those insights with the account, insight with the individuals, insight with the buyer group. Right. And so, some of those tactics, I mean, I guess obviously can vary. Like you said, you could you could mail someone something with a personalized note, right, or a gift of some sort. With you know, I I received mugs from the you know where I graduated, etc. That sort of thing, all the way. Um, like that's I would say highly personalized, probably less scalable, right? Um, and then so some of these digital things, like I'm envisioning, you could create. 
um, like let's say ads on LinkedIn, right, that have the brand of the person or the company that you're targeting, right, if you're targeting marketing or sales or IT, I mean, you could almost have ads specific to that company, right, that's got their name, their logos, there's something in there that catches their eye, right? Like, I'm just trying to, again, my toolbox of marketing tactics is is not nearly as deep as yours. So I'm just kind of curious, like, what sure. are some of the things that you've done or seen um, try either successfully or unsuccessfully to try to personalize either that top tier or second tier, um, you know, just to kind of put, put a, yep. you know, tactic to a name or concept. Sure. So, okay. So two things um, from a personalization perspective, and then we'll talk about specific tactics. Um, you know, personalization can come in many forms, right? Um, one of the key things though, in terms of personalization is there's a lot more insider knowledge or information needed to be understood about the target, right? Um, the more you know, the more personalized you can do. So, you know, as I think about even a nine lenses interactive assessment, right? You're talking about tactics that that can be another way as you you very well know right um, I can generate higher engagement right close more deals right using that assessment so that that in itself is a tactic right and right. there are other things I can do things in terms of um, depending on the audience and this I can even do it from a one to to few perspective or even somewhat many right where you can do some customized video and put it into a direct mailer. Um, but it's it's personalized to certain kinds of individuals, right? Not necessarily one-to-one, -one, but one-to-few or one-to-many. Um, you know, any of the other tactics I'm using in terms of nurturing, um, whether it's webinars, whether it's, you know, emails, um, whether it's, link, you know, whether I'm any, doing anything from a paid digital perspective, whether it's LinkedIn, um, or if I'm doing something in Facebook, or you know, what am I doing from a Google perspective, or um, even third-party, you know, content syndication um, avenues as well. And again, I can make those broad. I can put a piece of content in there that kind of crosses industries and things, or I can use that same tactic, but make it very, very finely personalized to a CFO in a particular industry at an account, you know, that's this size, that has people, you know, in market, right? And, and talk to, to that individual specifically. Wow. Yeah, so you've got to, I guess, put your creative hat on sometimes to just kind of, and, and test, right? Like, cause you know, every account may be slightly different in that regard. And, and uh, I think that's why the tiering is so important in my mind, because once you recognize what tier these people fall into, it kind of allows you to allocate either resources or ideas that, you know, going after the top tier, you can invest a lot more potentially than mm -hmm. the other two categories, right? From a personalization sure. and, um, you know, from that perspective, I mean, I think one thing, I mean, I, I've always found personalization kind of fascinating, uh, especially in kind of the B2B space. Um, you know, I've gotten various different things. There's been a whole book about personalization, um, a B2B marketer written by a, a cartoonist um, you know, the way he would get business would write and develop custom made cartoons to his buyer, uh, and then he would get his cartoons, you know, public syndicated in the newspaper. Um, which I think, again, there's so many different creative ways to get uh, in front of people. I mean, one thing that we're doing right now is 
we are mocking up, you know, we sell interactive assessment technology to marketers and sales mm -hmm. reps. And so we are, uh, this is probably, I would say, one to few in the category, but I didn't, I wouldn't have said that until you just, you know, shared that with me. We're mocking up our buyer's website with an interactive assessment on it, with a big old call to actions, take your, you know, cyber risk assessment, right? So we take their business, we'll build a, a screenshot of their website with an, an interactive assessment tailored to their solutions and, you know, or sending it via email. And so it's still a little early to know, but when someone sees that, sees their website in an email, it's like, mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it connects very quickly. Uh, so that's kind of like one idea that I'm hearing, you know, again, mm -hmm. I'm thinking, should we do that on LinkedIn? You know, there's a lot of different ways we could reach people beyond just direct email to kind of canvas the buyer group that we're probably not just touching. Absolutely. It's a great example. Um, and the cartoonist, is that Marketoonist? Is that the, the one you're talking about? I can't remember off the top of my head what the name okay. of the book was, um, but it's all about so, personalization. So I... I, I used um, an individual at a previous company where it, it was cartoons, right? And uh, and obviously it was customized to our our market. These weren't general things, right? And we were right. the only ones doing it. But it they became something that created a lot of good word of mouth, right? They got used the the cartoons got used in internal presentations to prospects and customers. Um, and yeah, this is probably a one to many thing, but who cares, right? Um, they were able to take this in some of the cartoons and make it much more personal for their particular um, organization. Right. Now that's that's really clever. All right. So now we've got so we've gone through some tactics. So how does how does this look like in execution? Right. Because I mean, we haven't really touched on the sales part. Right. The team element yet. So we've got marketing again. I guess you know the sales contribute to the campaign tactics. Right. Like a cartoon versus you know, a, a college mug or, you know, so are they, are they involved in some of that as part of that process? Um, they can, um, you know, depending how it's, it's happening. Um, so a couple things. So think of it from an execution perspective. Um, when an organization is dealing with a prospect, right, there are multiple touches, right? There's the engagement crosses um, multiple tactics, right, over a period of time. And so what, we, what we've done, and, and obviously everybody is doing in this, in this area, not everybody, but most, um, is that when we're building out a campaign, that it's really one of these, maybe the salesperson is doing something first, and marketing has a couple of pieces of engagement, and then it's a salesperson, or marketing starts it, and after they've done something, the salesperson's calling up directly. Um, so there's kind of a simplistic way to think about how that, you know, works and happens. Um, also in terms of execution, what's important is the engagement internally, right? This collaboration we talked about earlier and different organizations are at, you know, different levels of maturity in terms of, you know, how they work together between sales and marketing. Um, some, you know, it's it's very limited in terms of 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 the um, you know integration and working together. Where maybe it's you know the annual plan, and they might or may look at you know getting together on a quarterly basis. At the other end of the spectrum, which is where I found it to be extremely 
effective is there is monthly, if not biweekly and weekly meetings where you're actually going through things and looking at results on even a weekly basis and making adjustments. So back to your test comment, right? Even more than test, get out and get, you know, real feedback from, you know, the target audience um, and adjust your program there. So in a much more mature, ABM mature organization, they have a much more comprehensive um, approach to collaboration between the teams. But what I've seen is and experienced um, directly with uh, my teams is the results we get by doing that. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, because if your sales teams, you know, there's, there's all bits and pieces here, right? If your sales teams are socially enabled, right, and understand social selling, they're already connected in, right? They've got alerts, marketing's been providing them content. They're becoming a little bit of a mini thought leader in their patch, right? Um, and again, we're talking, you know, the one-to-one, one-to-few um, that we know are in market, right? So these aren't cold ones that you don't want getting anywhere near your sales executive reps, right? Um, but with that profile of individual who's doing all those things, the response rate to even a C-level type campaign at one of these ABM target accounts is, is significantly higher when that salesperson is part of the journey and calls in, as opposed to using a BDR or an SDR um, right. kind of calling in cold. So there's a lot of different ways that organizations are doing this, right? There, this isn't a cookie cutter thing. Um, it's, it's something that, you know, an organization, and you don't have to be a large organization to execute on ABM. You can be a smaller organization without a lot of dedicated, without dedicated resources um, to do ABM. The difference will be the scale. Yeah, now I, one of the questions I keep thinking about um, is given, if you're a small organization and you can't do brand marketing and ABM and all these different forms of marketing that are out there, what do you think is the right, or what, what's the most important thing to do? Like, I'm a smaller organization, right? Do I do ABM and go after my, my one-to-ones and my one-to-fuse? Um, rather than trying to educate the entire marketplace about interactive assessments and how they help marketers and salespeople and, and you know, just try to broad brush, right? That people aren't out there looking for something like what we do. So I'm just kind of curious, just kind of like, where does the ABM stand in the, in the marketing stack um, if you can't do all the different forms of marketing that you're doing? Well, and, and being smaller, you can't, you can't get to that level of, of personalization, right? It's just the resources aren't there um, to do it. So, but I think, you know, there are ways to still execute, even if it's not hyper-personalized, um, to go through an exercise and you don't need to do statistical software to help to build your ideal customer profile in terms of your targets. Um, and then go through and you know, like any marketing program, whether it's ABM or not, um, you know, we talked a lot about it at targets. And so trying to figure out who's engaging, right? Using those tactics that may or may not even work, right? And obviously you want the ones that worked, but you want to test out and try some others that you haven't done yet. Um, and you can still use some of the constructs. You're just not going to use it at, at the scale that others might, right? Right. Um, and, or you might have to take a flyer being smaller, right? And say, hey, we're going to try it, you know, with this one or two, right? Um, 
again, to your point of testing, right? Or do I say, hey, I'm going to do it much broader. I'm going to go after 50 because I know these 50, right, fit my profile because the existing clients we've gotten to date match that profile. So go mine where I've already um, mined before. Right, right. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, because I think as a small sales and marketing organization, I can target a, a handful of accounts and move the needle, right, rather trying to get a volume play of not knowing, right? So it's it's like I could right. go super personalized and go after a few larger accounts that could really change the, mm -hmm. the dynamics or, you know, maybe a notch below, right? So I, that's how I'm thinking about it is just for my own business is mm -hmm. go after one-to-ones in a highly personalized way and then maybe some one-to-fews um, you know, that's a dozens of accounts and then, you know, maybe the one to many is a, the harder thing to do because that's, maybe it's easier to do the marketing, but it may be harder to get the message out with limited resources, right? I can't run thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of ad campaigns to blanket the market and educate the market and, you know, send free t-shirts to everybody. I mean, it's like, I can't do those sorts of things. I can't buy the market, so to speak. Um, you know, it's amazing how some companies can just invest so much in customer acquisition and, you know, whether it's profitable or not, sometimes it's, it's oftentimes not, at least until the second or third year, potentially. Um, that's certainly not the situation for many of us today. Yeah, absolutely. You're spot on. Well, Russ, that's really um, a great discussion with ABM. I know you have a second revenue rule, which is connected. So why don't you tell us your second revenue rule? Well, the second revenue rule is that, you know, ABM results are directly correlated to experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this isn't just about marketing. That was the first one. Um, but, and, and so what this says is if you haven't done ABM yet, get started right away, do it immediately. Right. Um, because the research has shown there is this direct correlation between ABM effectiveness and maturity of the team. Now, I'm not suggesting here that an organization partakes in one of these, you know, shoot, ready, aim um, approaches. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just recommending don't spend forever in plan mode um, and, and get going and start executing so that you get the feedback from the marketplace so that you can adjust, right? Get out there, make some things happen, and iterate based on the information and feedback or data that you're getting uh, with the results right. in terms of what you're running. And it's why, kind of one of those. Why, why is that? Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say it's kind of like a, one of those immediate improvement versus postponed perfection kind of thing. So, no, I can see that because there's there's a learning curve, obviously, as you just kind of get in there. Um, and and so is that just where's that learning coming from? Is it just all the different coordination and the momentum and the, and you know, the learnings that happen just by, by doing right. Just, it, you know, I think most things I, I subscribe to that opinion. You're better off just starting because whatever you do, you're just going to get better. And this seems to be just marketing and sales working together. That's not always common. And now you're doing different coordinations, different tactics, techniques, uh, so you're just, there's a lot of learning there, but is that, is that the crux of? A absolutely. All of the above, right? To your point, um, you know, Christine talked about alignment and, 
you know, alignment is still a stretch for some sales and marketing teams, right? Uh, with this, to be really successful, you're going way beyond alignment, right? This is integrated, jointly executing, orchestrating um, campaigns or plays to particular accounts, right? right. Not a lot of experience there, right? Um, and, and learning where, you know, it might be better to have an exec call, a sales rep call, right, at an early point in the process, whereas Previously, you would have said, no way, we don't want them calling them, right? We want the, you know, the marketing engine to build it up and get it, have the SDR, BDR. Look, it's something new and different, and it's, you've got to learn in terms of those kinds of things, right? Even like a little silly thing, when, you know, if you talk about metrics a little bit, you know, marketing qualified lead, MQL, pretty standard term, right? With ABM campaigns as part of my metrics and measurement, should we be calling it MQA, Marketing Qualified Account, right? Or right. for that matter, SMQA, right? Sales and Marketing Qualified, you know, uh, uh, account. So, I mean, there's just some of these things are subtle. Um, some of them aren't. And to your point, getting the experience is, is really key to being even more effective. And how do you know if you are effective? Right. Like how, like, you, you know, marketing is loaded with all sorts of kind of, you know, people say vanity metrics, right? Um, like likes or shares or comments on a post, which again, there's value in that, right? But um, as we, we talk more and more about revenue marketing, right? How does marketing drive revenue? Uh, attribution's a big thing today. So marketing can demonstrate ROI, which again, is a very hard thing to do. Um, like how do you view success as, a, as an ABM campaign kicks off and is running? How do you think about that? Well, uh, you know, the thing, I'll say is the metrics are important and, and measurement's important, right? If you don't measure it, um, it it's probably not going to happen and it's not going to be successful. Um, to your point, in terms of some of the vanity metrics, yeah, the, those are, are less applicable here. Right. Um, and there are, you know, hundreds of different measures that can be used. Um, but, you know, it's thinking about I've got target accounts. How am I penetrating those accounts? How many of my targets are in pipeline, right? What's my opportunity rate for these target accounts? What's uh, velocity? Now, velocity is something that isn't ABM specific, right? Um, so there's a lot of these metrics and measures um, that you can pull together to really understand what's happening. I mean, there's all kinds of things I can do in terms of today with, um, we talked about intent and surging and, you know, relationship scores. Um, between individuals and, you know, looking at, you know, metrics from the tier perspective, right? Those different tiers we talked about, one-to-one, one-to-few, one-to-many. I mean, I could go on and on, right? And you see a lot from some of the uh, ABM platforms, right? They'll come even with some standard stuff um, that goes even beyond that, right? Cost per opportunity account, right? Um, right. So, I got you. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and so why do you think some companies are doing this and why some aren't? Is it just a function of just they haven't gotten there? Um, it's, is you know, newish, right? I mean, I think a lot of technologies come a long way to kind of make this simpler. Um, like what's holding companies back? I mean, have you had any seen any resistance to this notion, whether it be within marketing or sales or, um, you know, how would you help a marketer? get going 
Um, so I think, you know, the, the newish common is, is pretty spot on, right? Um, so it takes some people some time to, to get going with that. Um, but, you know, back to your question in terms of why, I think, you know, the marketers that are doing things right now from an ABM perspective um, are definitely he achieving a higher ROI um, with ABM than any other marketing initiative that they're doing. Um, and there's, you know, plenty of research out there that, that supports that. Um, and I think it's probably serious, you know, 92% of B2B marketers um, are considering AB ABM extremely or very important. So um, it, it's one of those things. In terms of, you know, for a marketer, I mean, you know, it depends on the size of the organization and, you know, it takes any individual, it only takes one with some initiative, right? You don't have to boil the ocean, right? You can be a small organization and take some of the principles here relative to ABM and, and try to use those in, in a much smaller scale, right? You don't have to go out and do a complete formal, you know, ICP using statistical software, um, right? Or any of the other, you know, highly personalized things, but you, you can do it on a small scale. Maybe you do one campaign with a very small set of targets, right? Um, and try maybe something that works somewhere else, but do it with this, you know, one to few set of targets. And maybe, you take, there might be content, here's another little one. Do a content audit, and organizations do this all the time, but do it in the context of ABM, and thinking of putting an ABM campaign together, and looking at that content from a, how can I make this more personalized, right? Sorry. If I already wrote it, if I wrote it for multiple industries, how can I write it for one industry? If I already have it for one industry, how can I write it to this particular account? Or how can I write this particular piece that was to, you know, this finance persona? Um, how can I make it even more personalized to the personas in these few accounts? Right? So there's still some things, and, and I think organizations will be surprised when they do that audit with that view. Mm -hmm. um, they'll be surprised to see how much you've already got that you can tweak. So it's kind of like, a, you know, the big term today is a hack. So it's a little hack, right? Um, using some of that existing content and then, then tweaking it to make it much more personalized. So you're not starting from scratch, right? It's just kind of going through and tweaking a bit. Right. Now, one other thing that kind of comes to mind is how does this typically get structured inside of a marketing team? So it depends. Um, and it's back to that um, maturity. Um, level in terms of the team. So uh, some organizations can execute ABM without a dedicated ABM resource, right? So that's kind of one level. Um, it be, you know, the next step would be there's one individual that's dedicated to ABM and it starts to grow from there. Um, from the far extreme, you know, on the one hand, you got no dedicated resource to the other extreme. In a large organization, they're probably going to have a, a global ABM, you know, individual or group, right? Um, they're also going to have field marketing that's doing ABM. They might even have an ABM uh, COE or center, center of excellence, right? Right. Um, that is helping kind of drive a lot of what might be happening across the organization or, or um, 
you know, somewhat controlling and making sure, you know, it, it's sensible across the organization with all these disparate teams. So it, it, it's kind of this broad spectrum how it gets set up within marketing right. organizations. Well, you brought up field marketing. And again, I'm just, I, I've got you as a, as a hostage here. So I get to ask the questions uh, that I am trying to get answers to. I mean, tell me about field marketing and ABM. Like, how does that, what does that look like? Right. Because I think of field marketing as events out in the field. Right. It could be I mean, it could be in a you know trade show, but it could be at a dinner. Right. Where you're inviting people to, mm-hmm. you know, with people in town. Um, you know, so just I'm still kind of fascinated with field marketing because it's I've never been in that big of an organization to know what that looks like at, at uh, you know, a much bigger firm. So I'm just curious, kind of mm-hmm. your view on field marketing and, and maybe even how sure. it relates to APM. That's absolutely right. So I'll, I'll use the example you set the table with here um, in terms of events, right? I might do a, I'm a field marketer and I've got, you know, I'm tied to a patch or an area, right? Um, and I do events in that little patch, right? And I bring people together. Okay. Now I'm that field marketer and I'm doing ABM thing. Well, now I'm not thinking in terms of multiple accounts. I'm going to put together events, a series of events for that particular account. So I'm going to do, whether it's a lunch and learn or whether it's some kind of executive briefing, it's this, that. There's all kinds of things I can do just from an event perspective um, that I do to that individual account that is personalized to that account. So another way to, you know, one of the differences, you know, with classic or, you know, ABM is that, um, now I forgot the term I was going to use here. Um, I'll have to come back to it. Um, so, but it, it made me think, oh, it's, you know, from a marketing perspective, right? We think of markets in terms of segments and things like that, right? And you're marketing to that segment. With ABM, really the account is that market, right? right? So to your example and ask about field marketing, right? And the field marketer does things to multiple accounts in their, in their area that they're responsible for, region they're responsible for. Um, now they're going to look at things that market isn't all that it's the particular account or the few accounts that they're going to deal with and still use again all those bags in their trick right whether it's launching orange executive kinds of briefings thought leadership things um, you know bringing in an analyst that's only going to talk to that firm about right. you know their stuff right it's not it's not for the others it's not going to make sense right because they have a certain initiative right from a corporation corporate perspective and so you're bringing in an analyst that really understands that um, and speaks wow. to them yes. and their leadership, right? No, that's a great that's a great example. Um, so I'm glad to ask that question. So, um, well, I could ask a lot more questions, and I just want to be conscious of time. And uh, you've been very generous with yours. So just to kind of close things out, Russ, help us just kind of understand your journey through your your marketing career. How did you get into marketing? How have you kind of landed the roles that you have and, and um, you know, just, just take us through that. Sure. So I actually started as a, a programmer, programmer analyst, um, ended up on a team that was marketing some technology within the organization I was at. And that got me interested in marketing, went back to and got the MBA. And from there, um, you know, got myself, you know, wanted to be much more uh, central to the business than I, I was as a programmer and, um, you know, really started m- my marketing career that way. Um, more on the product side, but I've kept moving more and more and more away from the technology 
Um, of course, demand generation today, marketing today, um, technology is fundamental, right? So sure. it makes it all that much more fun for, for me uh, today to be a marketer. Wow. And so um, what are some of the parts of your job that you love? Maybe some of the parts that come a little harder or maybe less is less fun. Um, well, you mentioned technology, so you're very comfortable with sure. technology piece. So that's probably the, a learning new technology, seeing it get implemented. Yeah, um, it's technology obviously is one thing. There's some important skills there. Um, you know, the metrics and measurements and analytics is another thing. Um, personally, I've, I've done some artificial intelligence before that I can't really wait can't wait to use it in, in, in more direct marketing um, perspectives. I, I, you know, I think the struggle is that there's always too much to do or you always have to make choices and so you don't get to do everything, right? Right. Um, and you, you've got to make sure you're, you're executing and driving, particularly from a demand gen perspective. Um, you are driving pipeline, you are driving bookings, right? That, you, that is a, a key fundamental part of that role. Um, where you're driving that and you're responsible for numbers, just like a sales team is, as Christine said, right? We in marketing have a number two. So we're attached to hip that way. So, um, you know, that that comes with good and bad, right? Yeah, um, right. The, the job never so stops, right? Exactly. So, but it, it the good part of it is it really connects sales and marketing, right? We're, it, it's no longer, hey, yeah, we're working together and we're attached. To, no, no, no. We both have a number to hit, right? So. Right, right. Well, I think that's very encouraging as I just talked to more marketers. I mean, more people see it as a team activity, right? Driving bookings and driving revenue. Um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for, you know, the cat fights and the details, right? And who gets what credit and all that kind of stuff. And that, that's just kind of the frenemies that is sales and marketing. But I do think that just, um, and that's just healthy, right? Tension of one team helping the other um, and, and vice versa. And so, like, marketing wouldn't, you know, be as good if they didn't hear the feedback from the front lines from sales, right? And, 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 and um, you know, sales certainly benefits from the work that marketing does at every stage of the buyer journey. And so, it's really great to kind of see that come together. And I think the companies that do that well, obviously, have a much better chance of driving revenue consistently than those that are, you know, at each other's throats. So, well, Absolutely. thank you, Russ. Um, this has been highly educational. I've gotten a whole book of notes here. I've got um, several ideas I'm going to take to my team after we hang up this call. So, um, I, I hope everyone else will get uh, as much value as I have. So, thank you for coming on. Let's please do this again in the near future. Okay. Thanks for having me. really appreciate it. Uh, this was one of the fun things you get to do. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. My pleasure, Russ. We'll see you soon. Thank you for tuning in to The Revenue Hustle. This episode has been brought to you by Nine Lenses. Close more deals with interactive assessments. Check them out at ninelenses.com. See you next time.